today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, when we think fear, it often has a negative connotation. But in this era, it could also have a positive connotation. Fear could mean reverent respect. In other words, acknowledging the immense power of the person or thing in front of you. This is fear in the presence of a king, even a good king. You may love your king, but when you walk into his courts and the doors open, there's still a lump in your throat because there's a healthy fear. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. desire wisdom? Today, Pastor Ricky will be explaining that in order to become wise, we need to have the fear of the Lord. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Having fear of the Lord is having an honor of God and a reverential awe of who He is and how He's sovereign. Having a healthy fear of God is understanding that all life is being held together by His hand and that He is almighty. We need to have respect for God the Father he'll bestow his wisdom upon us. Now, here's Pastor Ricky with part two of his message entitled, The Beginning of Wisdom. If you want to understand how things work, you need wisdom, but there's also a moral component, which is referred to in righteousness, justice, and equity. See, in our culture, often knowledge is divorced intentionally from questions of ethics or morality. But for the biblical writers, there is no wisdom that does not have a moral component to it. You can't separate the two. Otherwise, what the Bible says is you no longer have wisdom. You may know something, but you will not be wise. So those are... That's what this book aims to do for us. Now, notice it says this, to receive instruction. In other words, this is not osmosis. (laughs) It can be passed on, but it will be wasted if it is not received. Have you ever experienced this as a parent? You can tell your child something, like this is the way the world works. Don't do that. And they go, okay. And then they do it. And then you think, I just told you not to do that. Why did they do it? Because there is a gap between knowledge and wisdom, and the way to bridge that gap is receiving it, okay? And we, friends, we live so much of our lives in that gap, don't we? We know so many things, even from the Bible, and yet we lack wisdom. And, and what, what the invitation is for us is not to just exist, Not to just hear another sermon, not to just read some more of your Bible, but to receive it, to receive it. These few verses are a trailer for the whole book of Proverbs. But really, Proverbs is a trailer for pursuing wisdom for your whole life. Uh, I saw the other day that on a video online, um, there was a trailer, somebody posted a trailer. But what happened was uh, they realized that Not everybody even makes it through the all audiences, blah, 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 and then the beginning of the trailer, because the trailer takes too long. I don't have two minutes to watch a trailer. So what they did is they added a six-second trailer for the trailer. 
So if you're scrolling through Facebook, it plays like five or six really exciting seconds and you go, oh man, I wanna watch that. And then you like watch the full trailer and you go, man, I wanna see the movie, right? That's what these free verses are. They're a six second preview for the book of Proverbs, but the book of Proverbs isn't the end. The book of Proverbs is a trailer for pursuing wisdom for life. And that's, that's what we wanna be after for the next few months together. What is it? It's wisdom for life. Who is it for? Second question, who is it for? This is brief, wisdom for all. Verses four through six says this, to give prudence to the simple, simple knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. So there's three categories here. First, the simple. Now, in Proverbs, they talk a lot about the simple. Now, listen, don't be offended. This isn't necessarily good or bad. It's just somebody who doesn't know what they don't know, right? Listen, I, I thought I was pretty capable as I uh, ended high school. And so I thought it would be no problem when in the middle of college at age 19, I relocated. I'd been living with my parents, going to college. I relocated for a year to do an internship out in the D.C. area. And I thought, no problem. I'm good. I can do life. Until I landed, realized I lived with not my family, um, with a bunch of other single guys that had stuff to do, uh, and didn't realize how to do basic things, right? Like, how do you find a doctor if you don't have one there? I didn't know, right? I had some weird stuff on my car. How do I find a place to get that cleaned off? How do I find a good place to get my oil changed at? How do I find out who to be friends with in this area? How do I find out how people hang out this place? How do I find out that between 4 and 6 p.m. every day, do not get on the beltway, right? I didn't know that I did not know any of those things until I entered the beltway at 4.15 p.m. one day. The simple are people that just don't know what they don't know. And listen, friends, there are always areas in our lives where we are the simple. Throughout, throughout our whole life, it, maybe it's running a household or starting a business or leading troops in the field or navigating a marriage well or parenting well. Friends, we, we don't arrive with comprehensive knowledge about everything in life. There are areas in which we are always simple. And so Proverbs says, listen, this is for you then. There's two ways to learn this by driving onto the beltway at 4.15 p.m. or by learning about it beforehand. This is what we aim to do in the book of Proverbs, to give you the wisdom you need so that when you encounter life, you act wisely. Simple, but also the youth. <laughs> I love this. Knowledge and discretion to the youth. Uh, look, we live in an age when the prevailing attitude of youth culture from middle school to high school to college to 20s is they don't get it. And they, meaning anybody older than you. Now, I love this because over and over, Proverb writes to us, and you're going to get this pounded into you if you're like in that category over the next few weeks. Proverbs writes to us and says that not pursuing wisdom when you are young is stupid, it's foolish, and it will end in disaster. The Bible paints our lives this way, that, that there is an era of our lives when we need to receive more instruction, and then there is an era in our lives when we are able to give more instruction. 
And surprise, surprise, the era when we need more instruction is when we are young, and the era when we are able to give more instruction is when we are older. Now listen, as somebody who's just recently left my 20s, I still bristle at that a little bit. What do you mean there's like a time when I need more instruction? You know, tell me, you know, wait till you're 60 and old, and then you can tell people what to do. You know, like that was my attitude at age 18, 19, you know. And, and, and even at age 30, there's something in me that still goes a little bit, you know, hey, whoa, let's back off here. But this is what Proverbs is saying. Listen, there's an era of your life where you intentionally need more pursuit of wisdom. And friends, it's true. Now, that's not an absolute in every case. There can be very wise young men and young women. There can be very foolish older men and older women. But there, friends, there should not be an unhealthy hunger to skip the era of life when we need more instruction. Instead, there should be a hunger that in that season, we gain all the wisdom we can. Simple, youth, and then this, the wise. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Now, maybe you've been around the block, okay? We won't say what age that is, but maybe you've been around the block. Maybe people come to you for advice even. Maybe you give advice and people thank you for it. And there could be a tendency to to say, listen, okay, fine, I got it. I know what I'm doing. I'm not learning anymore. I, I was in that stage before. Now I'm in the stage of giving advice, not taking advice. The invitation, listen, is that the wise hear and increase in learning. In other words, you never arrive at a place where you cannot or should not increase in learning. It's that you're already wise. Good. Proverbs says, get wisdom. So listen, the the application is, who is this for? It's for all of us. It's for the simple. It's for the youth. It's for the wise. It's for all of us. And last and briefly, how do we get there? How do we get there? Well, I want to point out up front, that there is a massive contrast between our culture's wisdom and every other culture's wisdom and the Bible's wisdom. See, biblical scholars will point something out about the book of Proverbs, and in this section in particular, it's that many books of wisdom wisdom were written in the ancient world, and many books of wisdom had an introduction about why you needed to read them. But this verse, verse 7, is unique in the literature of the ancient world. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord. This statement, in terms of wisdom literature in the ancient world, goes off like a boom. It rewires everything about how you pursue wisdom. It says, it makes this startling claim, that wisdom in every sphere of life starts with God. Now, to appreciate this, I want you to consider for a moment how our culture makes decisions. From the best I can tell, this is how we do it, okay? Because this is how I do it sometimes. First question, how do I feel? Right? Mm, you know, this, is, this comes out, Okay. How does the person you're dating make you feel? That's what we talk about. Do you feel like you you love them? Do you feel like you like them? Do you feel like you're into this? Do you feel like you're into this more than they are? Where do you feel like they are? Like, how do you, you know, and people say things like, oh, when I'm around you, I just feel so good, right? Well, the problem is that eventually they're going to make you not feel so good, right? Because that's being a human. Or this, how does your job make you feel? How do you feel at work? How do our kids make us feel? Right now they make me feel good. Right now they make me feel angry. 
How do you feel? That leads to, what do I think? Now listen, I did that intentionally because I don't think we do it the other way around. I think we like to believe that we do it the other way around, but we don't do it the other way around. I think we feel first, and that shapes our thinking, right? I feel like I hate my job, so I'm going to find reasons to hate it, right? I feel like my kid is a monster, and I can find data to substantiate that. Um, I feel like I'm getting gypped in society, and that gives me a certain political, cultural view, right? And then from there, we go, what do I want and how do I live? So based on what we feel and how we think, we begin to make decisions about what we want and how we live. I'm going to take that job. I'm not going to take that job. I'm going to dump this boyfriend. I'm going to get this girlfriend, right? And then at the very end, we ask this. In light of all that, who is God to me? See, then after all that, we go, okay, well, then who do I, what do I think about God? How do I feel about him? How does that, how does he fit into my life and the worldview that I have built? What kind of God would I believe in? What kind of God would I not believe in? He starts with us and it ends with God, right? Proverbs says this, you start with God and you end with us. The way that Proverbs approaches wisdom is it starts with this question, who is God? Second question, who am I and what is the world in light of who God is? And then third, what do I want and how do I live? See, it starts with God. It upends the entire way our culture thinks and feels and makes decisions. Proverbs, if we could, in the, in the literature of the ancient world, if you were reading through this, it would almost be as though there were a flashing neon sign at the beginning of Proverbs that says, it starts with God. You want wisdom? It starts here. Let's break this down. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, when we think fear, it often has a negative connotation. But in this era, it could also have a positive connotation. Fear could mean reverent respect. In other words, acknowledging the immense power of the person or thing in front of you. This is fear in the presence of a king, even a good king. You may love your king, but when you walk into his courts and the doors open, there's still a lump in your throat because there's a healthy fear. And it's fear of the Lord. Now, do you see in your Bibles that that word Lord is capitalized? You guys have that? It's all caps, okay? So when that happens in the Old Testament, it, that, that, that's signifying that the word there is Yahweh, the special name that God gave his people, Yahweh. It means, well, it's almost untranslatable. It means I am who I am, or I will be what I, who I will be. In other words, this word, this name, sums up God's transcendence, his eternity, his sovereignty, and why would Solomon use that word at the beginning of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord? Because it immediately puts everything else into perspective. It reminds us that God is the one who stands above all creation. God is the one who sustains all creation. God is the one who designed all creation. Yahweh existed before everything. Yahweh spoke the world into being. Yahweh designed everything. Yahweh sustains everything. All things have their source in him. So what it means is this. You can't understand anything in the universe unless you understand him. 
See, there was a massive shift in, in our science when science pointed out or helped us discover that the earth and planets did not revolve around the sun. The, the de facto knowledge for generations was we're the center and everything kind of flips around us. And there was a massive and scary change when we realize that we're not the center of the universe and we revolve around something else. Proverbs verse 7 should be the same kind of paradigm shift for us. Ray Ortland says this, knowledge starts with God and then moves toward us. You want to get wisdom? You want to get knowledge? You want to get understanding? You start with God and then you work your way back to life. Now listen, Bridges, Charles Bridges uses a wonderful phrase to sum up this word, this fear of the Lord. He says, the fear of the Lord is that affectionate reverence by which the child of God bends himself humbly and carefully to his father's law. Okay? The fear of the Lord means understanding and trembling at Yahweh but also saying that this Yahweh is for us. He is for his people, that he has made us his sons and daughters. And, and our response then is to bend ourselves humbly and carefully to the laws he has put into place. We quote this all the time, but I can't do any better than this. In the Chronicles of Narnia, one of the children asks about the great lion Aslan, who uh, is a picture in the, the Narnia Chronicles of God himself of Jesus. And so one of the children asks, is he safe? And the reply is, of course he's not safe, but he is good. He's the king, I tell you. See, this is, this is where knowledge starts. Listen, for the next few months, it will be in vain if we pursue wisdom, church, without pursuing God because they can't be separated. To pursue wisdom means to pursue the knowledge of who God is. So here's what I want. I want us to know God better in a few months from now. You may think, okay, Proverbs, that doesn't seem real devotional, you know? It's not like the Psalms where we were communing with God. Friends, Proverbs is devotional. It's so devotional that it becomes practical. Now, if you've been around our church, you're, you probably have a question on your mind. You, you probably said, well, okay, um, our church always says that everything is about Jesus and everything comes back to the gospel and the whole Bible is about Jesus and tells the story of the gospel. So how in the world is Proverbs about Jesus? What does the pursuit of wisdom have to do with Jesus? Here's two thoughts. First, Proverbs and the search for wisdom reveal our need for a savior. See, if wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord, if wisdom has a moral component to us, if there really is a right and a wrong, if there is a lawgiver who gives laws and says, this is right, this is wrong, what we quickly realize with any familiarity with God and his commands is that we are on the side, not of the wise, but of the fools. See, this, this book takes on a sad and poignant irony when we realize who's writing the book. See, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, but he's one of the most tragic figures in the Bible. See, his, his fame spread far and wide. He built things. People were paying tribute to him. 
And then something happened. He married many foreign wives and they led his heart away from God. He did what God commanded not be done. And in so doing, he left the source of wisdom. He left verse seven behind. He no longer feared the Lord and cut off from the source of wisdom. He became a fool. And as a result, his kingdom was torn apart and Israel was destroyed. What this means is that you may be smart or successful in the eyes of the world, but it means nothing when you come into the presence of God. We think ourselves wise, but our sin shows us, shows us to be fools. And the end of that road, friends, that road ends in judgment. But second, Proverbs and the search for wisdom show us our Savior. In our Savior, we see someone, the only other person in Scripture, with all the wisdom of Solomon. But he had something Solomon did not have. He had and never left the fear of the Lord. In fact, he was the Lord himself incarnate. He was wisdom incarnate. And what he did put to shame the wisdom of the world. 1 Corinthians 1 says this, where's the one who is wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of the age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach, meaning Jesus, to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. For to the, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, listen to this, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is, strong, is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. See, Jesus turns everything on its head. Through what he did, he upended the world's version of wisdom. He did the unthinkable. He went to the cross to suffer in the place of fools. And he bore the punishment for all of our foolishness in, a, in, in hours of agony that he hung on the cross. And he did this so that fools could have their debts paid and wiped away and brought into the presence of God without fear. Ray Ortland says this, look at the cross. You see a man, a wise man, hanging there, dying in the place of fools because he loves you. You may despise him, but he does not despise you. You may be above him, but he humbled himself for you. Look there at him. Look away from yourself. Look at him and keep looking until your pride melts. You will not only worship, you will begin to grow wise. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Hope in God, he's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. Knowledge is acquiring facts and information about a given subject. Wisdom is the proper application of facts and information. You know, it's one thing to know about something. It's a whole other thing to be able to properly utilize that thing. We all want wisdom. Wisdom is this wonderful gift that allows us to carefully and safely navigate through this life. 
In this eight-part series entitled Wisdom for Life, Pastor Ricky will explore what the book of Proverbs has to say about wisdom. For more information, email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. Again, that email address is radio at betternewsradio.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, our phone number is 915-562-7100. You can learn more about Better News Radio, Cross of Grace Church, and Pastor Ricky at our website, betternewsradio.com. All of Pastor Ricky's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at betternewsradio.com. You'll also find contact information, driving directions to the church, and details about activities and upcoming events on our website. We also encourage you to follow the Better News Radio Twitter feed at Cross of Grace EP, where Ricky tweets additional thoughts about the messages you hear on Better News Radio. Or connect with us on Facebook, again, at Cross of Grace EP. Well, that's all the time we have for today. From all of the production team here at Better News Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Better News Radio.